you know, I've had this vision in my heart, burning in my heart. I used to read the, the accounts of the Bibles and, and the Buddhas and places like that. And this vision has been burning in me for years and decades is that our nation will, be start, will become so impregnated with the glory of God that the visitors set foot in our soil, they hate God. That's what I'm going for. And um, we've been doing events, you know, for, for quite a few years now. Um, and in the last six months, uh, we've seen so many people come from places like Poland and, and Germany and Sweden and China um, and other places. And they've come to Scotland where there's been on holiday or what? And they've hit something in the atmosphere and they've got saved. Is that not clear? You know, God is so poor out his spirit. And sometimes, you know, um, if I let me just give you one little story, it's so good. You know, we, a few weeks ago, we were holding an event in Glasgow. And this group of assignments, it was a little family who lost everything in their home in Pakistan. They were just minding their own business, walking up the street in Glasgow, and the sun were casting the fire. And they came in, and they were Muslims, and they went to different stops. And the, the dad had a really, you know, back pain and couldn't get, get it solved. And, and he went on the healing stone and healed instantly. His son went to the art stone and he got a visual picture that just blew him away and he got, he got saved. And then the mum and then the daughter said the whole family got saved in one night. They did a little asylum because they lost everything where they were. They came to Scotland and they had gone. And you know, sometimes you can be in an environment, um, our place, and you can get used to it. So when I'm away, sometimes I go away and I speak in different places and do different events. And sometimes when I'm away from my home for a while, I'll come back and I'll put the key in the door and I'll open the door and I'll think, James, does my house really smell like that? <laughs> I don't know if that's ever happened to you in a way. I'm not a complete language, but you know, it's just every house has its own smell. Um, and sometimes you can just get so used to the environment that we actually forget what it's like. We forget, and we don't actually recognize uh, the shift that's been taking place in time gradually over a while. And the atmosphere in Scotland really has changed and really has shifted. And that's why it's so good to get having gatherings like this, the very gatherings where the armor can come in and get equipped to go out because the harvest is ready. Absolutely. We live in a land of awakenings, and the next awakening has already begun. And the people of Scotland have been awakened, and visitors have set foot in our soil and they get saved. And you know, the Acts of Scotland have been written right now. And every single one of us has something said about us. And I don't know about you, but when I get to heaven, I want to flip through and I want to see not just one or two words, I want to do sentences. I want to see pages, I'm reading. I want to read. And, and, and she went into the city with the Holy Spirit, and heaven's got saved. Is not like that? Yeah. <laughs> you have that dream too. It's the acts of Scotland that we've written, and every single one of us is called to take part in that. We live in such an exciting time. At Isaiah 60 time, and I think I've got the, the verse there where it says, Arise and shine, for your light has come, the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, thick darkness of the people, but the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. Now, I'm not a Hebrew scholar by any means, but I was told recently that the phrase, arise and shine, actually means awake and be set on fire. Anyone here up for that? Yeah. <laughs> and I think 
fire. And if that's you, can you just place your hand on your heart right now? And just ask Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, awaken me and set me on fire. In your own way now, just invite him to come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Awaken us and set us on fire. Awaken me and set me on fire. Let even more, let even more of your fire burn within us. Let us be here as your burning ones. Let us be here as your fire ones. Let us be here. So impregnated the power and presence of your glory. That wherever we go, God, a fire trail goes behind us. In Jesus' name. Kill. It's good to be here. And tonight, we're going to look at some tools that's going to help us partner the Holy Spirit to bring in this next awakening. Well, one passage in Job, Job 2, uh, 28. Afterwards, I will pour out my spirit on people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And then in verse 32, and everyone who calls, name of the Lord will be saved. We know that lesson in Job so well, but often we stop short. And the reason that God's pouring out his spirit, pouring out his spirit, yes, it's because he wants his church to arise, he wants his bride to, to, to be ready, and he wants his, his kids to walk the supernatural power and authority with him, but he also wants his lost kids to come home. <laughs> and that's part of the reason that he's intensified his presence over Scotland. And as he continues to do that, as he continues to pour out his spirit, the amount of visual revelation that people receive is going to increase. Whether that's the church or whether it's people outside. And that's really, really exciting. There's so many people who don't know Jesus are suddenly having dreams. And they don't know what to do with them. They're suddenly spiritually awakened. And they don't know where to turn. And that's where we get to partner with the Holy Spirit. That's where we come in. Did you know that when, when God gives someone a God dream, they receive something really powerful and then draws them into a life that changes, a life changing encounter with God? And equally, if we give someone a picture or a vision, if it carries the DNA of the Holy Spirit, then it's going to draw them as well. Um, in the dictionary, a dream is defined as a series of thoughts, images, and emotions occurring during sleep. And all this dream, but we don't always remember our dreams. Most of our dreams are simply our emotions and we're over things that's happened through the day. But sometimes the dreams, dreams can be spiritual, sometimes it's God dreams. And it's a God dream and it means something significant for our lives. Um, and the Hebrew word for dream is shalom. And shalom means to, to bind strongly and firmly and attach to the heart. Isn't that cool? So when God releases a God dream, whether it's in a Christian or whether it's in someone who doesn't yet know Jesus, that God dream binds itself, attaches itself to the person's heart. And then it's like a heat seeking listener. Because then it draws them, pulls them, yanks them to have an encounter with God. And so when you meet someone who doesn't yet know Jesus, and they begin a God dream, it's like a Holy Ghost setup. Because he's already put it in them. This, this, this thing that this, this, they can unlock their destiny. It's going to keep on working in them until they get the revelation. It's not really cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. It's so cool. Um, and I've got a couple of examples here in Scripture. Abimelech, he was a pagan king, and he actually had the first dream that was recorded in Scripture. You read about Genesis 20. And God appeared to him and said he was going to die because he'd taken Sarah, Abraham's wife. 
Even though he didn't know that Sarah was married to Abraham, God gave him a stream. And it's really interesting because if it was a pagan king, he didn't know God. But when he woke up, he knew he had an encounter with God. And he needed no doubt, even though he didn't have a prior relationship with him, and he woke up and thought, God has spoken to me and I need to take action. And he was so impacted, he immediately gave Sarah back to Abraham and did everything he could to make sure that he and Abraham were good terms. I think that's really amazing. That someone who didn't even know God woke up with no doubt that God has spoken to him. Dreams and visions are all the way through scripture. Um, and God uses them for all different, all different reasons. Sometimes it gives him a dream like Jacob to bring him into an encounter with the Lord. Afterwards, Jacob said, God was here and I knew not. Sometimes it's to propel people into their destiny. Um, the, the butler and the baker in Genesis 20. Um, sometimes it's even to give him a strategic download, like Pharaoh. Or to warn him of danger, like the wise men, or to give him insight and direction, Joseph, who was married to Mary. And do you guess what proportion of dreams in Scripture are given to unbelievers? What do you think? 10%? Can anyone talk back to me? It's not as much as 80. It's actually 50-50. 50% of the God dreams released to people are given to people who don't yet know Jesus. Um, that's amazing. And sometimes these dreams are literal. Like it wasn't the like he knew exactly what he had to do. And sometimes they're metaphorical, which means they're full of symbols and they have to be interpreted. Out of all the dreams that were given to people who didn't yet know the Lord, two thirds of them needed to be interpreted by someone who did know the Lord. And um, for instance, Joseph had to interpret Pharaoh's dreams, Daniel had to interpret Nebuchadnezzar's dreams. And as I said earlier, um, it's a bit like a holy little set. It's like a game of hide and seek. God hides something that carries something of that person's DNA, something of destiny inside of them. And he could make it literal, doesn't he? He does this game of hide and seek. And then they get desperate. They have to find out what it means because it's, it's, got, it's powerful. It drives them to find a solution, propels them to find out what it means. And then they can't actually unlock that dream until they speak to one of us. Wow. It's like, why? Why does God do that? And he does. Again, you speak, you don't shy. I'm used to God's meetings and can't shut them up. I'm used to God's meetings and I'm like So, why does God do that? Why does he hide such important, heavenly DNA inside of people and then make it full of mystery that can't actually be unlocked until one of us choose to part with? Why does he do that?
the glory of kings to search it out. So when God releases a dream to someone, the, the, the instructions are sealed and they can only be opened by the Holy Spirit, usually through the help of a believer. Other people can try and interpret them, but the interpretation they give will not resonate with their spirit. Why? Because Jeremiah 29 says, I know the plans for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And each person is created with a God-given destiny. And even if they don't know what that destiny is, when part of it is revealed, it resonates with them. And you can see that with Pharaoh and Nebuchadnezzar. I mean, I wouldn't want to say Nebuchadnezzar's interpretation, you're going to go mental for three years and eat grass. <laughs> Wonderful. But yet, it was part of his destiny. So it resonated with him. And he knew it was God. No one but God can unlock a God dream. And when a God dream is unlocked, it resonates with that person's spirit. And that's what happens when we use dream interpretation in evangelism. It's a holy new self. God's already given the dream and strives to defend the interpretation through us. And that process then brings them into an encounter with him. And the enemy can't even sabotage it because his interpretation will resonate with your spirit. That's really cute, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's just great. I'm excited for this one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah. Sorry. so, as God pours out the spirit, visual revelation is going to increase. And a God like you, it's a bit like a Holy Ghost stealth attack. So, it gets people when they're least expecting it, when they're Fences are down, and it works on them until it accomplishes the purpose God sent it for. Almost half the dreams in Scripture are given to unbelievers, and most of these people then need a believer to bring interpretation. So, I'm just going to show you some examples that we've had from some of our rich events. And we've seen many, many people come to faith through God dreams. And I was trying to think which ones to, to share. That are secured to mind for tonight. One of them is about a girl called Marna. She's probably in her 40s. And she was a spiritual seeker. She'd been to all sorts of things. And we knew that because we met her when we were holding a, a little Christian outreach inside a psychic fear. So normally the people that turn up to these events are a bit dodgy anyway. So she'd been into all sorts of things. She tried all sorts of things. But when she saw that we offered dream interpretation, she couldn't book an appointment fast enough. And she sat down and she said, this might sound really crazy, but I need to talk to someone because there's a huge spiritual shake-up about to happen and everything's going to change and I don't know what to do about it. And she's talking like this and I'm like, oh, what was your dream? Come down. Well, I keep getting this dream. Where I'm standing in my kitchen window and a huge wave like a tsunami appears and it keeps accelerating until it hits my house and everything goes black and I know something's going to happen. It's going faster and faster. Do you know, she'd been having this recurring dream for months. And she'd gone to all these new age practitioners and none of them could give her a satisfactory interpretation. And she sat down at her little stall and we interpreted for her. And it blew my mind because for, for eight years now we've been talking about God releasing tsunami waves of his glory. And there he was, one of his lost kids, and he was given him the same revelation. So I asked her what she felt about doing it, that made her feel 
and whether it's in colour. These are two really important questions if you want to attack your dreams. How did the person feel? And was it in colour? We ask them how it felt because God's a good God. And something that from Him will feel as if it's life giving. God's also a God of creativity and colour. And so if it's a vibrant colour and it makes them feel unexcited or a clear idea of what they've got to do, then the chances are it might just be a God dream. If, it's, if they feel miserable, more than, you know, um, get drunk or do something or give up or whatever and it's in darkness, then it's probably not a God dream, it's not an enemy dream. So these are two really important questions to ask. And if Mara said, a dream had left her feeling a little bit scared, but also excited, and things were going to change, but she didn't know what to do. So, what do you think? Do you think it was a God dream? Yeah. Let's see if we can interpret together, eh? Let's get you working. What do you think the water represents? Holy Spirit. What about the tsunami? What did it represent? I think you're the Holy Spirit. Yep, okay. What do you think a poem represented? The lady? Yes, her life. That's right. Um, and in her dream, Martha's home was hit by the tsunami. What do you think that meant? Yeah, she was going to be affected in a powerful life-changing way. And finally, in the dream, she was looking out the window. So what do you think that meant? She had a seer so, Marma had been born a seer. Part of her destiny was to operate in her gift of a relationship with the Lord through the power of the Holy Spirit, but she'd gone down the wrong path. Now, she did into she all sorts of dodgy stuff. She did psychic stuff, she did into tarot she did into clairvoyancy. She probably even dabbled more in witchcraft. And there she was sitting in front of us. She didn't need to be condemned, and she didn't need to be judged. What she needed was an encounter with Jesus. And to take the course correction. As I interpreted her dream for her, she started to cry and she said, That feels so right. Now, I need to get my help. Can you help me? <laughs> <laughs> we enjoy with this beautiful lady to salvation. But another lady, um, this wasn't a psychic view, this was just an ordinary little event of her home. It turned out she was a witch. She was a white witch. And she'd come to us for dream interpretation, and she was really troubled because she had a current dream too. And in her dream, she was walking along the riverbank, and she said there were several hooded figures around her and in front of her. She felt like they were there to guide her, but whenever she tried to get close to them, she was unable to, and when she looked with her face she could she could only see darkness. When she tried to get into the river, they stopped her. I asked her if the dream made her feel, and with the red colours, and she said, the dream made me feel really unsettled. I'm not sure if these figures were good or bad, but I didn't want to upset her. I asked her, did you want to go to the river? I think so, but I didn't want to upset the guys. Her dream was a colour. So what do you think? Was that a God dream? Yeah, that was a God dream. Okay, what do you think the river represents? Um, what do you think the figures represent? Demons, demonic guides. And they were trying to control her through fear and stop her experiencing the Holy Spirit. Jones 
see was that sort of warning from God to let her know that the guides who were using her demonic had said help her, they were keeping her away, keeping her away from the Holy Spirit from walking into her destiny. The river alongside her, again, a beautiful picture of God's love, was to show her that God was with her in Germany. And even though she hadn't made a connection with him yet, he wasn't far away and so he was calling her and waiting on her. Isn't that beautiful? Now, the problem was, Joan had become a white witch because she was really a weird spiritual realm around her. And she had a desire to see people healed, but she'd been brought up in a traditional church setting. Um, and when she started to, to, to share, she would receive things and send things. The people around about her thought she was crazy and she was all dangerous and she should stop it. So she left the traditional church and she went to search for an answer to the spiritual hunger she found inside. Um, so as you can imagine, her experiences with the Christians in the past had been very positive. She felt rejected, she felt judged, she felt scorned. And the very fact that she was sitting down at a Christian stall itself was a miracle. But it showed you how desperate she was. Now, if I went straight in and said, Joan, that dream says, you're following demons, you need to stop it. I might have lost her. <laughs> she might just have been even more rejected and kind of walked away. So, before giving her the interpretation, which actually, in a nutshell, is what to say, I had to deal with a few things first. And then build a bridge that would help her encounter Jesus. So the first thing I had to deal with was demonic filters. Because I had been able to engage with the occult or the holding himself up to, to all other forms of spirituality, and chances are they've got the influence of the demonic realm and about them. Now, the problem with demons, and let's just see, Satan comes to Kills the story. One of his names is the father of lies. Yeah. So if someone has been uh, dabbled in other forms of spirituality and they've got demonic influence in their life, when you say A, they can hear B. Does that ever happen? Yeah. And you're sitting there thinking, there's all these people in church, no, but when you say sometimes when you say A and then they can be Sometimes it can be because we're not communicating properly, but when we're sharing the gospel and people hear something else, they can hear the money filter in place. So if you're in an evangelistic setting and you've been someone who's a seeker to be involved in other things, then the first thing you have to just test with the Holy Spirit so that the money filter here and God to take care of it. So how do you do that? Again, you can't just say, you can do this. Let's get rid of them. Now, what you can do is you can say, do you know what, sometimes in life there can be negative influences. And sometimes these negative influences can make us just feel a bit rubbish. So before I give you your dream interpretation, I'm actually training to be able to do something called a spiritual cleansing, where I can get rid of anything that's not from a good source that might be affecting you. Anything that's good will leave. We don't want a bad source affecting you, do you? No. Okay, so can we do a little spiritual cleansing just before I give you the interpretation? How do you create? How much does it cost? It's free, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you get a permission, and then um, in Jesus' name, I silence the influence of any spirit that's not from a true and good source. Right now, I bind you and I forbid you from having any influence over John. Right now, in Jesus' name. And in place of any negative influence, I invite the love and the power and the peace of God flowing through you. And within a few minutes, 
by doing that and I learned that that experience on the God's love. The women sitting there till they almost gone, almost laid out to see, you know, this has been so used to the oppression. Devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy people in Babylon and demons. Do you know what he's been after? And even the way you look at the beginning, I said they've been so used to the atmosphere. Sometimes people are so oppressed they don't even realize it because they've been oppressed for so long. But when you bind the influence of that oppression and you invite the Holy Spirit to come in, then suddenly everything feels very, very different. So always look, always, uh, don't just do it for, you know, for the sake of doing it, but be checking in with the Holy Spirit. It's a divine factor here. And I've never asked anyone whether it's been from witchcraft, spiritualism, clear minds, or any of these things that said no to that. Because they've all had negative experiences in the spiritual world. So when you offer a spiritual cleansing, you think it's wonderful. So key number one, silence the influence of any of these things. The reason I use the, the phrase uh, from a truly good source is because there's only one true good source, and that's the Lord. Sometimes you just got to be really careful with your language. Because if I go in and, you know, he's on his church language, or the language maybe offended them, and their barriers go up, and I lose the opportunity to influence them. So I try to use everyday language that we can relate to. So that's why I use that phrase. How does that feel to him? Feels amazing! <laughs> right, here's the interpretation of the dream. I believe your dream, John, is a God dream. The reason it keeps recurring is because he can't get your attention for a long time. He loves your heart. He loves your desire to have spiritual adventures. In fact, when he made you, he pulled that desire in you. And he loves your desire to see people healed. But that's a God-killing gift as well. So, I want to apologize to you for the way that some of our Christians have been treated you. Because not all Christians understand the spirituality of God. And so I apologize for the way you've been treated in the past. But here's what your dreams are. Your dreams are an invitation of God to walk with Him, to take a different path from the one you've been on. The river represents your Creator, and He's invited you to connect with Him because He's got a much better journey for you than the one you've been on. That's why you felt frustrated in the dream, because you knew there was something more than you were trying to reach it. These hooded guys have been trying to stop you and walk into your destiny. The dream's a special message from God. He's asking you to connect with him, become his follower, and let these other guys go. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense to her too. What do you think? Do you want to accept his invitation? Because if you do, I can help you take these first steps. She said yes. And so I explained the gospel in really simple terms to her. Simple terms that I quite often use, and this is not again, I just go with the flow and ask the right kind of stuff that makes me think. Um, but if I was explaining the gospel to someone and everything married, I'd start off God made us in friendship. Stuff got in the way. That's why Jesus actually came to deal with that stuff so friendship could be restored. That's why he died on the cross. He didn't stay dead. He defeated death. And because of that, we can then be adopted into God's family and have a friendship with him restored. So he, he can, you know, that, that's a, just a, a very general view of membership gospel, everyday language. Um, the other thing, if you minister to someone from that kind of background, quite often you can have a synchronistic approach to spirituality. And some of them might come down and say, well, I've got a little bit of um, Buddha, or I've got an angel guide, or I've got a bit of this, that, next thing. I've got a bit of Jesus, we can just have a collection. So you've got to make sure that they realize that when they're having this relationship with Jesus, 
that he has to be the only one. And so quite often we give our little winners, little golden rings, to, to represent that it's a one-off uh, lifetime covenant that God's offering them. And the reason we give them a ring is because it doesn't break. It certainly goes round and round and round. And so even if they mess up, God's never going to stop loving them. So we give them a little ring. And just to symbolize, and we're just going to make sure that they're, they're, they're willing to give up their other guys. Now you notice in that um, little example that I didn't cast any demons out of her. I bind the influence of the demons because she didn't get out of Jesus. Once she accepted Jesus and got baptized in the Holy Spirit, then you can cast them out. The scripture says not to do it unless you know that you can bind them. That makes sense? Cool. Um, what do you think the two most common types of dreams that people from Wicca spiritualism and Jewish backgrounds have? We put them into categories, two categories of dreams. What do you think they are? Warning. Warning dreams. Warning dreams. Anything else? I can tell you. Um, terror dreams, nightmares, or dreams that show them a different path. If the seekers experience nightmares and terrifying dreams, then you can explain that nightmares can either come from our souls, if we're worried or stressed or frightened, or from negative spirits. Either way, you can offer them cleansing prayers, spiritual cleansing, and then let them experience God's love. If it's a demonic dream, don't ever try to interpret it. Just say that's not good. That's from a, a bad source. So we don't actually need to interpret that, what we need to do is close it down. And so often, many kids get night terrors. Do you know why? Trying to put them on spiritual things, actually. Yeah, that's right. That's why so many young children get nightmares. Because the enemy's trying to make them afraid of the spiritual realm. Um, and so, if we, we've had parents come to us with their kids, and what we do is we just release the peace of God, and we teach them, you have the authority as parents, said to pray that no spirit other than spirit has the right to influence anyone in your family, detangle or night time, and to pray that your kids that way when they're sleeping. The devil actually would prefer it if we all just were sleepy. He's not trying to intrude us all to Satanism. He's actually quite happy if we're lukewarm. The people who follow other spiritual paths are much easier to bring to a place of salvation, if you're not saying this, but spiritualists and clairvoyants and people like that, because they've been awakened spiritually. But when we're just, nah, rubbish, I don't believe in anything, that's actually who he wants us to be. And that's why kids have so many terrifying dreams, because he wants to close them down in the spiritual realm. So if you ever come across young people, then that's why they pray that no spirit or spirit Jesus has the right to influence them. The second most common dream that people from those kind of backgrounds get are door dreams. Um, and, and dreams of all dreams are showing a different path. And these tend to be the God dreams, where Father God's just trying to reach out and bring them in so that they can experience Jesus. Is this stuff useful? Okay, that's yeah, really okay. good. Let's look at another video. Um, this was a girl called Debbie, and she's popped into one of our city centre events. And she had a recurring dream that she was back in her grandmother's house, her, her grandmother passed away a few years ago. But in her dream she'd become a little girl again. And she found herself looking for something. So she'd go around the house and open drawers and cupboards. Um, and she kept looking and she, until she found a box with a ring in it. She put the ring in her finger and it fitted perfectly. 
But she was really excited about the demon that was in color. And she, she came up and said, I've got this demon, I've got this demon. I think it means I'm going to get married. But, okay, you know, it's just me, but. Well, let me ask you some questions. Do you think that's a god dream? What do you think your grandmother's house might represent? Safety and inheritance. What about being a little girl again? What does that represent? Childlike faith. And what do you think the ring represented? An invitation to intimacy with Helen. To interpret Debbie's dream, I had to ask her one more question. Debbie, did your grandmother have a faith? Oh yeah, she's one of these born again Christians. Don't <laughs> <laughs> for me. So in this instance, Debbie's dream, um, the Lord was invited her to pick up a spiritual inheritance from her grandmother and become a follower of Jesus. And the ring again represented a covenant relationship. And to become a follower of Jesus, she needs to have like faith. Um, and again, that really resonated with, with, with her spirit. She too became a Christian. And then finally, over the years, we, we don't just see people who are from New Age backgrounds or just body folk. We actually see folk from other religions getting dreams as well. In fact, the most common um, way that we see the Muslims come to event or see him is because of their dreams and they don't know what they mean. Um, and often, particularly Muslim men, believe it or not, and the way that I've come across, you get these dreams of Jesus stuffing into his arms with open and how can I believe in this land? I remember this beautiful woman called Ada. I was at an event a while ago now in St Andrews, one of those gazebo ones, and she came in um, and she had a dream to be interpreted. And we started to interpret it for her, but part of it was one of these puzzles dreams. God sometimes puts out puzzle dreams where even we only have part of the interpretation. So we started to interpret her dream, and then we said, actually, to get the next bit, you're supposed to ask Jesus. Can someone let me talk to the great prophet Jesus? Well, why don't we ask him and see? Close your eyes, invite him. And so within minutes, this beautiful woman is having this dialogue with Jesus. Because she wasn't ready for salvation, but she left there knowing that she could talk to Jesus anytime I think he was It really could, isn't it? So we've seen a lot of people uh, from Muslims and Hindu backgrounds getting dreams of Jesus. They're actually usually very, very limited uh, the dreams that they get. Um, and it's just, just amazing. So some keys for interpreting dreams and sharing revelation. One, don't ever judge them. Doesn't matter what path they've been down. Um, they've done it if they've followed another spiritual path, not because they wanted to be naughty. They've done it because if the spirits are hungry and they haven't known where to go. It was Paul Van Warren, I think, that said if you take the whole Bible and summarize it in one sentence, it's a story of a love sick that I try to reconnect with these lost kids. And so we got a love sick down on one side, we got the lost kids on the other, and we smack at the other. They don't need condemnation, they need a course correction to an encounter. What does scripture say leads to repentance? God's goodness. Yeah, that's right. Recognize that when a seeker comes or you meet someone who has a dream, a God dream, um, it's actually a Holy Ghost set up, so you don't need to panic. So if you've got this love sick dad, you've got this love seeker, and he's chosen to bring them to you, guess what? You've got the answer. You plus Holy Spirit can interpret any dream. Alright. What do you think the biggest barrier that prevents people from partnering with the Holy Spirit this way is? What do you think it is? Confidence. That's right. 
Yet through our God, you can do all things. And interpretation belongs to the Lord. Okay. Spiritual realm is activated by faith. Uh, with faith besides a mustard seed, you can move mountains. You can also interpret dreams. Now, that's true. Um, but I've actually got a little slide. Uh, and I think only gives a pair of two schools of thought. First says, you, you don't need to understand the hopes, you just need the Holy Spirit. And the other one says, becoming an expert dream interpreter takes years and years of practice. Don't even try to do it, unless you get thousands of dreams under your belt. Which one do you think is right? Neither. It's true the Holy Spirit can bring an interpretation of some of dreams, but it's also true that God gives us symbols and clues. Uh, not that one, um, there's another one where I've got two symbols that can find it. <laughs> there you go. Um, these are two characters from the Hebrew alphabet. And it's so, God is just amazing. You know, in the Hebrew alphabet, the letters don't have these numbers. And then the letters themselves have a pictorial meaning. So in the Hebrew alphabet, you have an example of the Trinity. Isn't that cool? So cool. Now, I could stop by just learning the letters, and I'd be correct. Or I could choose to learn the letters and the numbers, and I could bring some more depth. Or I could choose to learn the letters and numbers and the pictorial meaning, and guess what? I can get a really deep interpretation. Now, I'm not going to give you all the symbols because you can, you can cover all that stuff tomorrow. Um, so I want to encourage you to, to learn about the symbols as well. But then what I don't want you to do is to go to dream analysis and try to interpret any dream without the Holy Spirit. Because his interpretation belongs to the Lord. But he's given us symbols to help us. Okay, well, this, this year is a year Ayan Var, or Ayan Var, taken from the, in, in the Hebrew alphabet, it's a year 5776, which you probably all know. Um, and that's the two symbols there, that's the, the seven and the six, the last two symbols. Seven represents the decade of the seer, six represents a state or a hook, which, which actually represents um, a binding connection so this is actually the Jewish calendar, the year where we get to see heaven and the earth. That's cool. Yeah, really, really good. Um, as well as interpreting someone's dream, be willing to bring them into a God encounter, uh, whether that's a spiritual cleansing or a story. It's often it can be healing. Sometimes the dreams can show things about their emotions or issues they've been through. Not all dreams are God dreams. Some are meant, you know, said by the enemy to bring fear into the it's not God team, don't, don't interpret it. And if you want to check whether the dream is from God, you can ask them how he felt, whether it was in colour, and then test whether the message are linked to scripture. Um, and it was a God dream, ask the Holy Spirit to help you. So I think that's all I really wanted to say about dreams. Um, and then just to close, I want to just talk very briefly about pictures and visions. Is that okay? It's not okay time. Right. Interpreting a dream is definitely one way to help someone to encounter Jesus. And with dreams, it's a seeker that gets the revelation and have to then find someone who can help them uh, interpret it. Um, when a picture or a vision, often it's the, the Christian that follows Jesus that gets the picture or the vision and then they, they then give it to the person. So it's a different way around. Um, I actually like dreams better because, in one sense, because the person's part of the process. So I quite like that, that they've already got buying. Whereas if you're giving them a picture or a vision, they then have to make up their mind whether to trust you. 
um, but they're still really, really powerful. And if you give them a picture or share a vision with them, it's from the Holy Spirit, but it will still resonate with their spirit. Much of the same principles apply if, if you minister to someone from an occultic background, and again, check whether you do spiritual cleansing first. Uh, the symbolism between dreams and visions and pictures is very, very similar. So if you, if you actually go on a dream interpretation, go to the streams, go to the great and the stable meditation and stuff too, then it will help you in the whole area of prophecy as well. So it's good to have it in the toolkit. There's different ways to follow teaching these pictures, um, some of them in our teams. One is you can ask the Holy Spirit to give you a picture of someone that he wants to impact that day. So you, you wake up in the morning, Holy Spirit. I'd quite like to have another adventure with you, another adventure with you today. So, can you show me if there's someone around me? Something weird about them that will stand out, that when I see it, I know that you want to impact them. Now, I remember, I had a friend called Jason, who's now one of the states, a friend called Faye, and we were just hanging out one, one Saturday night uh, in Glasgow in a cafe drinking coffee, and Jason comes up with the idea why don't we do some treasure hunting? I thought, oh. didn't say that, but he said it again. Because oh. I'm quite shy. I don't mind people coming to me for ministry, but when I'm to random strangers, do you know, that's not my thing, I hate it, right? So I'm sitting there trying to be spiritual. <laughs> okay, let's have some of this for a ritual. Um, and you know, he gave me this picture of a woman with pink hair, a dark coat and green trousers, standing at the meeting place in Glasgow Centre, and I thought, that's safe enough to share, that's too much cream or something, or pizza. <laughs> so I shared my picture quite confident that I've just got off the hook. And of course, Jason and Faye had their own pictures, then he said, let's go to Glasgow Centre, and I'm thinking, okay. And you know, sure enough, there she was. <laughs> Dark jacket, green trousers. I'm like, really? <laughs> Did you bring me here to get her safe or get her fashion advice? I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, after she had any pain in her body, of course she had. She had a she had a sore foot, so we prayed for her. God gave her two bucks. I say that again. Isn't that cool? Yeah. And so you can actually be asking the Holy Spirit, who would you like to partner? Uh, who, who can I partner with you to, to impact? And you can ask them for just a little hint and tips of what they look like. But I want to challenge you. When do you meet here again? Is it a month? Is it a fortnight then? May, May. Okay, between now and May, then take up the challenge if you like. Ask the Holy Spirit to show you some, you don't want to be weird, but just something significant. Um, and, and, and try that. And then come back and, and share with you guys what kind of encounters you've had. We have a volunteer who uses visual revelation in a, in a really different way at our reach event. She has a unique gift of being able to look at someone and then she sees like a picture or a, a video over them that shows her if they're ready for salvation. And she can walk into a room of a hundred people and she can highlight the five or six or ten people that, that are ready. And she makes a beeline for them. And so, you know that's about an autism. You know, calculate these things that way, but she just has this unique gift of just being able to see the people who are ready. I, I still love that gift, I tell you. But if God can do that through the heart, why he can do it through us, so we can ask him for that. Lord, show us. Give us that, that ability to see in the spirit realm. I would love to see what happens in the spirit realm, for example, when someone who doesn't know Jesus comes to faith. When they have a dried up spirit that's dead, Holy Spirit breathes into it. 
come back to life and suddenly they're alive. Not the kill. Oh, tell you, when I get to heaven, I want to see the adventures we've been on. Not just in 40, but 50. I want to see it and smell it and see the spirit aspect of it all happen to you. It's so cool. So cool. So that second one is just called target practice. You just ask the Holy Spirit to let you see who in the room is ready for salvation. Maybe if you believe for them, bring them into account too. Bob's your uncle. Okay. And then, I guess the last one I'm aware of, for many others, is just ask the Holy Spirit to get a picture or some, somewhere in the car, or some picture for our courage and the person that has some relevance for them. And that's probably the one that we're most familiar with, I guess. And that can be done with a little sheet of heavy art. Um, so, in the time that's left, I thought what I could do is open it up to questions and answers, because it's such a big topic. And I struggled to fit it down, you know, just into one kind of hour. So we've been doing this stuff for years. Um, and we've lots of different countries with people all different types of backgrounds. So does anyone have any questions or areas that you wish I'd covered? Yeah, absolutely. Anyone can say yes to that one. <laughs> she asked me if I believe the soul dreams and it's just horrible. Yeah. Um, dreams can come from all different things. Yeah. And even just sometimes if you've had a really busy day or whatever, your mind can process. In fact, the scientists have done work on dreams and dreams happen when you're in the deepest part of your sleep and it's through the sort of REM stage. And one of the ways you can torture people is not to allow them to have enough sleep so they don't get to a dream state. And if they don't get to a dream state, they get mentally ill. Yeah. And so soul dreams are actually just your body being really healthy and processing things. Yeah. So, yeah. Any other questions? Yeah. Why is black and white significant? Um, it's just one of the number of things you can do. What you're trying to do, you have to realize a lot of the experience that I'm giving you is when we're sitting in an outreach context and we want to get someone really quickly with the person. And it's like this little checklist. There's, they're not, um, God's God and He can do things differently, but normally what we found in what John Paul Jackson's teaching would suggest is that if a dream is defined in color, um, and it, it has a positive feeling that the person has afterwards emotionally, then it's, it's possibly a God dream. If it's dark and black and white and monochrome and, and lets it feel heavy, then the chances are it could be um, a, a demonic dream. You need to explore a bit more than that. It's just, you're just trying to get someone really quickly with people in, in the type of work that we do. So it's not always, sometimes people have God dreams in the black and white, but most of the time it's black and white. God's a creative God, um, and He loves color. Um, any others? There's a question I have about it here. If this if the microphone's working. Hello. Hi, you bind spirits from distance, like say my nephew's having bad dreams. Could I bind that spirit from yes. here or do I have to be with it? No. You can do it right here with them. You can just silence or prevent the influence of that spirit from uh, that's where I've got any influence over. But the thing is, when you're dealing with spirits, a person, I would always ask the person's permission because they can invite them back in and stuff. So you have to sort of take them through a process and explain normally. But if it's a young child or something, you can do it with more control, it's no problem. Yeah. Yes? 
just wondering what the difference is between binding and casting out. And I'm quite scared to do the wrong one. <laughs> 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 okay, if someone doesn't know Jesus, we, we have authority to bind the influence of that spirit in them. Um, what scripture warns us though that we should never cast out um, a spirit from someone unless they've got a replacement. So I would never do actually deliver to cast them out of spirits of people unless they had a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, but it says in scripture that seven times worse can come back. So we don't do that. But binding is okay. So get, get an understanding of the vision, the, the, the symbols and stuff is fabulous, but what you do need to know and remember this, that if you meet someone who has a dream and you want to interpret it, don't think, oh no, I'm on the dream detecting course, we're doomed. Uh, no, <laughs> you plus Holy Spirit are more than able. But don't just stop there, go deeper. Alright, I feel one last question. Um, oh, two, okay, two, three, sorry. Um, is this one coming about how you would counsel a Christian who's experiencing dark dreams? Okay, um, it depends. I need to know a bit more info. 
quite often people experience dark dreams as an entry point, so it's so really good for that. Um, so you want to get to the point where, or what, what was the opening for that? Christians can have, you know, sometimes they, they open themselves up to other things, sometimes they, they come into the kingdom and they're not quite, you know, they need to be cleaned up in a sense. Or they could just be part, and there's all different reasons for that. So, um, if they were having really, really dark dreams, we need to be a Holy Spirit like praying ministry to try and find out what the root was and then we close the doors. Yeah, okay. And was that a lady right here? Hi, I just want to know how do you put bits and pieces of dreams together? Because you know you get different symbols from different things. How do you put it together so that it's coherent? Yeah, it is experience and getting the, the, the training. If someone comes, it's a really complicated dream. Have you ever read you know, a comics um, script at all? Where you get little boxes and you take these complex stories and they split up into scenes almost? Um, it's a bit like that in dream interpretation. It's a really complicated dream. You've got to break it into little bits and then say, okay, what is God seeing in each? But it, it, it takes a bit of experience and that's what these courses are really good for helping you do. Okay, so. What I'd like to do for you, um, if that's okay, is can I just impart what I have, both for evangelism and for dream interpretation? Um, so, my way of holding hands, is that alright? And I can hold someone's hand. Um, uh, let me go on. Let me go here, okay? I'm something on my arm. Okay. Have you all got hold hands? Okay. Father, I want to thank you. We are alive today. Yeah. I want to thank you that we get to live in days where you're born at the Spirit, yeah. where you're awakening your last kids. God, thank you for the, the whole beautiful world of dreams. Thank you for just for these Holy Ghost setups. Thank you that when you release a dream into one of your last kids, it binds with their heart and propels them to find an answer. And thank you, God, that sometimes that answers us. So right now, Lord, I, I just want to impart to this beautiful group of people everything you've given to me of dream interpretation, everything you've given to me of prophetic evangelism, or of vision and pictures. Just humbly, God, I, I, I impart my gifting to blend with theirs, to accelerate them one path. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.